We're going live in five, four, three. Just kidding. <clears throat> Welcome to the Bull and the Badger podcast. Um, I'm here with April Bellatro. I'm the bull. And I'm Vanessa. I'm the badger. And this is our very first podcast. It's very exciting. I'm pretty much sweating with excitement. <laughs> I, I, I have to say that the best thing about this whole very first podcast is how goddamn janky the setup is. No, no. You were like... Oh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> I mean, it is Jake, nice. It's Jakey very comfy. Nice. I mean, we're in a sound room or whatever you call it. I don't know the the lingo, but um, it's it's, it's nice room. and padded. Um, Just and we've like got like a thousand chairs uh, piled up on top of each other to hold up all the sound equipment. Um, the chairs are doing the doing all the heavy lifting at this point. They are doing all the heavy lifting. But we, I like it. It's we just homey. Have to lend our voices. It's janky, and uh, it wouldn't be April and Vanessa if it weren't homey and janky. Yeah, I mean, I can even hear the whir of my little computer, <laughs> like just like working so hard to record our voices. Like we're all trying very hard. Every single entity in this room is just trying its best. All of us are sweating. I am sweating. My hands are sweating. Quick, quick, wipe them off. Wiping them off okay. my sweater. But uh, 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 tell tell them a little bit about yourself, April. Well, let's let's tell them a little about yourself. Um, well, Vanessa Yi is a filmmaker. Recently graduated from a very prestigious film school. You're only like saying that because you came from the same place. Yeah, maybe. Um, and uh, she just. Not just finished, but she has finished her first documentary, or I guess it would be like a feature-length documentary. Indeed. Indeed, called the Laundromat, the Laundromat. I yeah, feel like I didn't enunciate. Mat, not laundry mat, but laundro. Makes the proper more... English laundromat. Yeah, more automatic. Um, yes, and um, I'm here with April. And she is my friend from high school. We met in, well, freshman year, end of freshman year, and then into sophomore year, we actually started hanging out. Is that how it went? Did we meet? Yes, we did meet freshman year. I remember because you were so angry that I knew, um, what was that vocabulary word? Quarry. I actually, that stuck in my mind. And um, April now works as a magazine editor for um, a dog rescue magazine. But in general, she has super amounts of expertise in all things life. And I'm the one who comes to her when I have questions. And, preguntas. Uh, yeah, mas preguntas. And uh, yeah, and she was actually part of my documentary, which became a really great experience and I think evolved into what you're listening now. So. And uh, just to give people a little background about the documentary, um, what would you say your one-line description is? It's my really intense documentary about how Asian-American families don't talk to each other. That's how I usually tell the lay people what this documentary is about. Super intense. Yeah, super intense. I usually use some kind of superlative in front of it's intense. It is very intense. I've seen it a couple times, and it's made me cry both times. Perfect. Um, And not just because I see myself in all my glory. (laughs) God. It was truly glorious. <laughs> you, I can't believe you sat that long in that position, like legs crossed, just like fully poised the whole time. I was like all slouchy and stuff like that. If you look <laughs> at it, you're, I was like, look at me, I'm a slouch. <laughs> just asking questions. Years of practice, I guess, sitting straight. Anyway, okay, I feel like we need to talk about things. 
Um, Let's get to it. What we want to talk about in this very, very special, very first episode is personality tests. And the reason that I wanted to talk about it is it's actually sort of a, um, a passion, an intense interest of Vanessa's. You can't see, kind of, but I'm vigorously nodding. <laughs> she kind of knows way more than anybody I know about the or subjects, specifically about the Myers-Briggs. Is that what it's called? Myers-Briggs, specifically Kiersey's take on the Myers-Briggs. What is the difference between, like, because I think people use those two names interchangeably, Myers-Briggs and Kiersey. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Um, well, April. No, um, I think the Myers-Briggs test has been more traditionally used and more traditionally referred to because she kind of... Um, laid the foundations for that test. Um, Myers-Briggs is a lady. Myers-Briggs is a lady. It was actually two people. Um, pretty sure it was two people. Is it one person or one woman who was married and hyphenated her last name? No, it was two people. It was a, it was a man and a woman. I forget who was Myers and who was Briggs. But basically, um, it's called... Are MD. they alive? Are they rolling in their grave as <laughs> these two idiots Someone's are trying to talk about their thing? shaking their fist at someone right now. <laughs> so um, it's called the MBTI, as in the Myers-Briggs Temperament Index. And basically what it measures um, is something called temperament. And their uh, whole premise was that temperament is something that is not learned, um, that it's something that becomes inherent. So you're born with a temperament, and personality is something that's naturally later formed based on your environment. And um, the index itself... Wait, your personality, your temperament is something that you're born with, and your personality is something that's formed based on your temperament. Yes. I mean, like, in your environment. Yes, it would be temperament is uh, inherent, and it's X, and then um, environment is Y, so X plus Y equals personality. If you wanted the <laughs> random math formula to go with that, made up on the spot, everybody. Yes. Very good. Flipping my hair and nerdish delight. Um, so wait, so then, okay, Kiersey, how does that factor in? It's one guy's take on that test. Right. So Kiersey took that uh, MBTI and then um, started to expand on it. So I haven't... Well, I've read the first Kiersey book, um, which which built a little bit on it and, you know, talks about all these things and how the four temperament types are, you know, very much already rooted in, like, a Greek like, uh, I think, I believe it was um, Plato, and then Young, Carl Young later had some, and they were very much based on, like, uh, one was the humors, like, so different body fluids, you know, and that was... bile. Yeah, like, uh, phlegmatic, yeah, all that stuff, and, uh... What does phlegmatic mean? Oh, it has to do with your phlegm, I know that. Um, I know, but, like, as a, as a word, like, I just, that was something I should know. Like, I think... I mean, I can tell you what it's related to. I think it has to do with... Um, Let's look it up. But you tell me, and then I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it's uh, what they consider the more um, loyal, hardworking, reliable type. Um, they don't like change, um, things like that. Sanguine, on the other hand, is like very bold and dynamic and loves um, you know, um, being more... Uh, fluid and is known for being fun-loving. Phlegmatic, having or showing a slow and stolid temperament. Hmm. So Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's right, everybody. We went there. <laughs> do you consider yourself phlegmatic? Uh, I definitely do not. Why are we? <laughs> Wait, what? Why are we trying to fit each other into these 17th century? <laughs> Personality, like, temperament. Because, you know, they, they have relevance to some point. Obviously, uh, <laughs> even with the Myers-Briggs, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to categorize myself. But the whole thing is about less categorization and more about knowing where your strengths and weaknesses are and then kind of moving on from there and understanding other people's strengths and weaknesses. So uh, as much as people poo-poo these kinds of things, they have some relevance in our lives. And I mean, they're related to mental health in terms of just knowing yourself and um, knowing how you react with other people. And Sanguine. <laughs> Confident. Go ahead. Optimistic. Um, 
Marked by sturdiness, high color, and cheerfulness. High color? High color. Whoa. So, like, ruddy-cheeked? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ruddy-cheeked. Flushed. You could just be an alcoholic. I mean, you've, have you heard of this? Oh, too dark. Okay, too dark, too fast. Not too dark, but let's not alienate our alcoholic <laughs> listeners oh, no, sure. right off the bat. Okay, good overall summary of those of this type of. I'm not even done yet. Well, but I was zoning out, so let me ask questions. (laughs) (laughs) So what what type are you? What Myers Briggs type are you? Are you a Hufflepuff? Are you a phlegmatic Hufflepuff? I um actually would probably be closer to Sanguine and uh to Gryffindor. Actually, so the other types are uh, Ravenclaw is <laughs> crap. I don't even remember the other uh, elements. <laughs> to be honest, it's like sanguine, phlegmatic. About like thousand, like uh, five different temperament tests, and we've settled on Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that one's the most relatable. That one's okay. the most like okay, I get it, you know, uh, but. Uh, okay, so I think we're just confusing people, but go ahead. I'd like to hear it. Let's 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 try to break this down differently. So you have four, you know, rubrics, right? Um, four index, well, not four indexes, like four ways of measuring temperament. And you know, the first is how you gain your energy. The second is how you experience the world. The third is how you make your decisions. And the fourth is how you structure your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, from those four groups, that means 16 different types, but four different larger groups. And that it's, it's just easier to talk about them that way. Um, but they go into, you know, artisan, guardian, rational, and idealists. Um, and that's probably at the point where I've lost you. I am in text messages right now. Okay. So what type are you? Um, I fall into the idealist category. Um, I think one thing that I do want to say about uh, all of these is uh, you fit into one of the four bigger types and then one of the smaller 16 types. But everyone's like, well, I don't want to be categorized, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I think... I think what's more important in terms of taking the test is, yeah, just figuring out kind of your strengths and weaknesses and knowing that you lie on a continuum. So you might be the same type as someone else out there in the world, but you won't be the exact same type because you have a different personality. And um, my roommate and I are both ENFPs, Megumi and I, Mm -hmm. um, but we are completely different because we have, on the continuum, we're like a different type of ENFP. She might be more extroverted than me. I might be more N than her, you know. She might be more T and more J than me, but all those things. What is an ENFP? Is it guardian, idealist, artisan, irrational? It's idealist champion. Idealist? Oh, shoot. And then you, April, are an INFJ, which uh-huh. is a counselor idealist. So we're both idealists. I know. It's really tragic. What does that mean, like, in everyday life? In everyday life, um, you tend to want to be more optimistic. You're always looking towards the future, and you you live kind of in the future. Um, you're always looking at your present and actually desiring something, a more ideal situation. Um, That's kind of like a, a nice way of framing being, like, unsatisfied with the present. I... It's funny that you should bring that up because we just had a discussion with that. Um, and by we, I mean my roommate Cheryl and I, who she's an INTP, which is the architect, rational. And um, if you're more of an N, you have a tendency to look at concrete situations and see them more abstractly. Um, so say your present condition. Um, say you are living as a grad student, you know, like, what can you do to, and the the rationals will say, well, how can I make this situation more efficient, more um, productive? And then um, an idealist would be, how can I be a better person? How can I um, 
be wiser or make better decisions and in general just be a better person that's kind of their their deal they want to be seen as compassionate and sympathetic and empathetic actually so um like if you are in a bad work situation the first what first of all, what they'll do is they'll blame themselves and then they're like well how can i make this better you know, and um, a rational will look at a work situation and they'll ask themselves, how can I make this system better? So it does, you know, cause a lot of anxiety and um, desire for um, or a propensity for discontentment. But I think that um, like with any training, you can be satisfied, but also want something a little more. Um, which is one of those things that's like a little bit double think where you have to hold those two things in your head. But um, I was just telling my roommate, I don't think happiness is an ends to a mean and it's like a byproduct of achieving, you know, satisfaction or whatever it is that you're looking for. And so, uh, you know, I, I actually enjoy being an idealist. I want to make whatever the present situation is better. But um, I also recognize that I don't always have the uh, the power, the authority, or uh, the wherewithal to make a situation better for myself. But I can change how I react to it, or I can uh, be more satisfied with something that doesn't seem as great as it was. So... Um, Maybe I'm not driving the best car, but I can be satisfied with, like, having the car that I have at that moment. Something like that. So. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's always good to talk to guardians and artisans in general, just because they keep you a little more grounded. You're always, like, they're always, they look at the situation in front of them, and it is as it appears to be, you know? It is, you know... See, I can't even talk in concrete terms. I'm just like, <laughs> I know, I'm like, feelings. Like bring up an example. That's okay, I'll just let Vanessa talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if you have an analogy, I think, uh, and that's actually a mark of an idealist or uh, a rational, is that you speak more in metaphors and analogies and anecdotes and things like that. You can't just, like, tell a story about your day without actually reflecting on it. Like, you have trouble not removing yourself from this situation you see a situation and then you detach and then you see what you are experiencing in the situation if you've ever <laughs> so being present is a huge problem yeah. yeah being present is very hard because like i'm overthinky you're overthinky and sometimes like there's a moment happening and it could be a genuine moment that would be just nice to experience but mm -hmm. then like i'm removed and i'm watching myself go through that experience mm -hmm. and going this is a great experience look at me having this great experience <laughs> and it's like maddening because i can't ever just experience something yeah and i think that that's one of the reasons why i like to go to the club which i don't go very often but one of the mm -hmm. reasons i do like to go is because like the music and it's just like a total obliteration of self and obliteration of like awareness you know and like takes you out of your your head yeah the club club sports the karaoke yeah yeah that uh, that moment when you're like fully just experiencing something i mean i put my camera away all the time because otherwise it's you know you're you're again putting something between you and the experience and uh I mean, it's nice to have a memory of that thing, but also it's nice to just have it in your head and just remember it how you remembered it, um, especially when you get to take it back off your little memory palace shelf and, you know, look at it and stuff like that. I totally heard that. <laughs> I want to tell people it's a fart, but it was just her opening her tea. <laughs> Yeah. It was like you were trying to hold it in. And you couldn't. And you just like... Little bit escaped. When you laugh... Lean back, lean back. No. Oh, okay. Alright, don't, don't, don't... No. Don't do it. I I'm gonna turn down your game. You better watch out. Um, But yeah, like, when you hear people talk about personality, what are you thinking about? Like, how does it help you? 
Um, has it helped you? I mean, like, that's something, like, everybody talks to me like, Vanessa, Vanessa, personality, personality, Myers-Briggs. I'm like, yes, I will un unfold and vomit all my knowledge into your, into your willing little bird mouths. But, like, sometimes I don't understand, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just catch up that with that just, analogy? That just registered. Wow. <laughs> Ten seconds later. Bird mouths! <laughs> vomit! Wow! <laughs> Um, no, but I'm, like, wondering, you know, like, how do other people experience personality? Because I can't jump into their skin and be... Like, an interest in studying personality, you mean? And not just, like, uh, no. my personality, your personality. Well, yeah, not just, like, oh, what is your personality? But, like, when you think about how you use personality, and maybe you've never thought about it, but, like, what what does it mean to you on a daily basis, you know? like I mean, do you I, ever think, think... I think that the most accessible thing at least in the last maybe 10 years personality wise that I think about mm -hmm. is you know the whole difference between introverts and extroverts because mm. I am for sure an introvert <laughs> right, 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 and right. as as you and other people have explained to me like the difference between an, an introvert and an extrovert isn't necessarily being more outgoing or not right. but it's how you experience social situations so right, 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 so right. extroverts gain energy when they're around other people mm -hmm. whereas introverts being around other people it drains them of their energy mm -hmm. and i am definitely an introvert because sometimes i have to just leave the room <laughs> like right, yeah. yeah i have to leave the room because it's too much for me and i have to sit alone for like 10 minutes to recharge and just like be be uh you know calm by myself is this a room full of people or is it like a room full of like three people it could be either. I mean, oh, okay. more likely a room full of people because in those situations, I'm less likely to feel comfortable and be able to be myself. Right. Like, mingling is, like, the goddamn worst thing in the <laughs> entire world. Like, I cannot stand it. Where are you from? What do you do? Wait, but can you imagine an extrovert also having a hard time in those situations? I mean, I can imagine them having a hard time in those situations, but not facing it with such dread that I do. Hmm. Like, I sometimes will just not go to things because I don't want to meet new people. And I will sometimes feel like it's a an insult. Like, if a friend invites me to something with people I don't know, I'm like, why would you do that to me? Don't you know that that would hurt me? <laughs> <laughs> why would you cause me to be in a situation where I'm putting my life in danger? <laughs> like, what did I do to you that you're doing this to me? But in reality, it's just they're inviting me for a night out, you know? And, like, I just kind of have to go with the right attitude and understand that, like, I don't have to take myself so seriously or the situation so seriously, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. Just just kind of go with it. I would say that's the biggest one of the bigger personality things that, you know, just kind of helped me understand who I am better and, like, you know, understanding your personality in general, it's just, like, it's like wiping, it's like cleaning the lenses on your glasses, mm -hmm. you know, you just see how you live your life clearer mm -hmm. and you understand yourself and why you make certain decisions. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's a huge topic. But I wanted to pick that one out in specific. Yeah, well, is that the one that causes you the most anxiety? Like, the introversion, extroversion thing? Because, like, I know I have friends who, like, the whole... The thing that causes them the most anxiety is uh, probably, like, the T and the F or the, the P and the J. And for those lay people out there, it's like, well, how do you make your decisions? Very thought-based, very rational? Or is it more, like, on feelings, you know? more uh like your gut or what your heart tells you and then the other one is like you know are you more spontaneous and flexible or are you more like dead end, like dead dead ends <laughs> deadlines and like you know like more structure so like you know when people don't show up on time like it freaks them out you right, know yeah. or or if there's something that's so structured and they want to kind of go through their life more fluidly like you know mm -hmm. or or you know like a lot and this happens sometimes between the sexes. That's, like, where you hear about it the most. But, like, you know, how people make their decisions and, like, they're, like, oh, yeah, women. Well, know, I think when I think feelings. about, like, like introversion and extroversion comes into my life, um, especially with my work. Like, sometimes I'll have to go somewhere and meet somebody and be schmoozy. Mm. And I am not that person. I am the most 
uncomfortable looking person. I have this like fake smile plastered on my face, like slowly nodding my head up and down and like, like peering into the person's eyes, looking for some flicker of humanity where we can just connect on like a human to human basis. Can I see this? (laughs) No, 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 that's not it. Well, I'll show you. I can't. I can't perform for you. I'm. I'm gonna create situations where this can happen. Well, no. But if you're there, then it's fine because I feel comfortable when you're there. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah. Luckily, like, usually there are people around me who are like. <laughs> if I were a really cruel, cruel person, I would totally just like leave you in a hidden cam- camera situation where I'd like introduce you to a friend and then I'd walk away. No. And that would be totally fine. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just certain certain things, like... Like cold cold meetings. Right. With people that's not even, like, a human-to-human basis. It's, like, you know, work situation. We have to talk to them about their work or something like that. Can I, can I ask you, then, about blind dates? How you approach those situations? It's, like, how do you be yourself in a moment when... Like, even as an extrovert, like, I hate small talk. Like, yeah. it, it kind of kills me. Right. It kind of kills me a little bit inside, like my soul. I mean, I think the difference between you and me is that, like, you might, we might both equally hate it, but you don't look like you hate it. <laughs> like, I am, like, grimacing. <laughs> it's like rigor sets into your jaw exactly. and stuff like that. Wow. <laughs> I sigh a lot. <laughs> but you look like you're having a great time. And I have a lot of friends who are like you, too. It's like, they're just like, oh, God, I hate it, having to talk to that person, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you look like you're doing wonderfully. Like, I wish that, like, I, I tend to, like... Fake fl- it till you make it. I tend to flee like a like a little mouse. Like, I just, like, hug the corners of the room. <laughs> but at this point, you're, like, the bull. So when I imagine you fleeing, I imagine you, like... like dun, 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 running dun, dun, dun. things and, like, <laughs> knocking stuff over. I'm graceful. Like, suddenly we're in a china shop. <laughs> We're in a blind date in a china shop. You're like, oh, no. You wake up with sweats thinking about you in a china shop. Um, my my blind dreams date. are full of, oh, yes. How would I approach yeah, the small like, talk as, a as, as an introvert. Well, as I have explained to you like a thousand times already, and I'm sorry to have to keep having this conversation, but like my dating style now has changed quite a bit mm-hmm. than it was before. Whereas like I used to approach a date as if like it was an audition. I mean, in, in so many ways it is, but like I would put so much effort into making the experience like a fun and positive experience. So you felt that responsibility. Right, exactly. And so now I realize that like, I wasn't really being myself. I'm a bit quieter, naturally. I'm not the extrovert. And pretending to be an extrovert gives me, like, a really... Or, like, sends, like, a false message, you know? It gives the other person a false impression. And, like, they might be boring as hell. And if they're boring as hell, then I used to, like, try to fill in, you know, and make it more exciting. That sounds really stressful. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of fun, too, because you're showing off. But at the same time, like, now I'm like, well, that just leads me into doomed relationships because, like, I'm not being myself. And I'm a bit on the quiet side, too. And so if I just let myself be naturally quiet, Mm -hmm. then you would see that the dynamic is not ideal. And, Mm. like, just end that relationship sooner than later, you know? Right. So, I mean, my dating style now is just to, like, let the silences be. Sit back, see what the other person comes up with, you know, and not try to fill the silences with, like, jokes or whatever. Maybe the other person, if they are an introvert, like, actually appreciates that. Because, I mean, okay, rumor has it that introverts actually, you know, like, are okay with silences and, you know, sometimes just want that silence to exist and are not about like well now let's fill it with a sound start clapping yeah well I, i think like for myself like i like being around extroverts like i like the energy and I like, I think that their energy brings out an energy in me that mm-hmm. I, that wouldn't normally be there. Like, and, and that's true, like with our friendship and my friendship with a lot of other different people, like I really, really like that excitement, you know, and like, it's hard to manufacture that by myself, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I do have introverted friends, but. You know, your extrovert friends are just feeding off your energy 
and turning it into their own energy, right? Is that true? Oh man, we are like plants. No, but but <laughs> if I don't, if I'm not giving off energy, then how would I be a good you, plant you're, food you're ex- source? You're you're expending energy by actually being in in a situation where you're with like you have to be in the presence of another person, like so. Uh, you're. I'm, you know, I've got chlorophyll, and cellular respiration. <laughs> no, extroverts are definitely not self-sufficient. They need they need that something else to like. Kind of help them, you know, like because when I'm by myself, I just get bored and tired, unless I'm focused in on like. Like I, you can have. Wait, so you're saying that like an introvert for in, okay, let's just say me, like because I'm sort of calm, right? Uh-huh. But I'm there and I'm present and like an audience for you, sort of. I think it's more sounding board. At least that's how I like to say it. That that you guys become a sounding board. You know, like when I talk to my introvert friends, I'm constantly asking them questions. Like, you know, um, I'll have. You know, Julie always going, so let's talk about you. I'm like, no, more questions for you. (laughs) And I just, I keep making her answer the questions. And I think, you know, for the most part, she enjoys it. And then I'm sure later on, she's like extremely tired. But other than that. From talking about herself. Yeah, from from talking about herself. And But the thing is, introverts don't naturally start talking about themselves unless, you know, they have... Like, you know, they're an only child or, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, they're used to it right? because, you know, they're more about deflecting the attention away so that they're not expending energy. So, um, but I just gained a lot of energy and Eric has said this too, just, we gain a lot of energy by, you know, kind of uncovering the mysteries that an introvert has hidden inside of them. Watch out. All introverts. We watch, we watch We're tra- after you. We're treasure hunters and we want your treasure. Oh, we gonna kill you. What? <laughs> I went sexual. I was thinking, oh man, that sounds really like dirty. And then you went really like dark violet. Like, now we won't eat your heart. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm okay with. That's interesting. Really? You didn't know that? No, I didn't actually. I mean, maybe you said that to me before. <laughs> I just wasn't listening. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's, like, one of my favorite well, things to do. I have to say that that's one of my favorite things about talkative people. I don't know if that necessarily correlates to extroverted people. Mm. But I I really like being around talkative people because I don't have to talk. And, like, they can just talk and talk in my mind. And it doesn't really require me to listen to all of it. Yeah. You know, like, I only have to listen to, like, 50% of it. And I can kind of come in and come out when I feel like it. And it's all very interesting stuff. But, you know, it doesn't require, like, 100% of my attention. Like, right. it's very relaxing to me. I don't have to be engaged the entire time. Yeah. Oh, well, I think everybody, like, figures out their own dynamic. And then with each person, it's different. Like... Some people, like, will let me talk and talk, and then I'm like, oh, my turn to listen, you know? <laughs> and then other other times it's like I actually love to serve as the function of someone who will listen to an introvert because most of the time, yeah, introverts spend their time listening to others, you know? And it's great. It's great, and it's nice, and it, it's good to have that, but it's also good to have balance. I think that's one of those things that I'm continually trying to have where... Um, I have to consciously tell myself, stop talking, start answering, start asking questions and start like actively listening to like whatever that person's saying, because, you know, still waters really do run deep. Um, and it's always fun to like find out what's, what's in the turbulent underneath (laughs) where their hearts are, where I can eat them. (laughs) Treasures. Treasures. And welcome back. We took a break. Hopefully we have some cool music to put between those two sections. Yeah, And dude, if not, dude, we dude, can dude. just do our own. Are we doing dubstep? We should do like a, a glee where it's like us doing, um, you know, acapella 
harmonies. Are terrible. Well, you are a good singer. I sing on tune. I wouldn't say that's great. It's just on tune. make Eric do the, the like, interstitial music and stuff. Yeah, he would would love that. Okay, Interstitial break over. All right, now that we have that figured out... (laughs) Um, we were talking about types of personalities that Vanessa hates. No! Please be as specific as possible. Names, first and last, for the numbers. Social security numbers. Social security. What they've done to hurt me. <laughs> oh. Where they've hurt you on the doll. Oh, no! <laughs> we should have, like, a sound for too dark, too fast. <laughs> like, do-do-do-do-do-do. April laughs too loud. Oh, Yes, we'll put that in there too. Okay, Over so spots. Oh, number yes. one on your hit list. Um Guardians. What are Guardians? Okay, so Guardians okay, like here's the deal. And and is there like a celebrity <laughs> or like a public figure that you can sort of compare it to? Uh most people in government actually. No, um I here's here's the deal with incompatibility with relate or with Myers-Briggs kind of curiosity things. Anybody can be incompatible with another person. Like, honestly, like, when curiosity talks about mating or things like that, uh, you know, any type can go with any other type. There's ideals and then there's non-ideal situations. And, you know, like, the closer you are with your... how you experience the world, like, the more compatible you will be. But, you know... Life doesn't work out that way. And so um, a lot of times I am in conflict with guardians because they're all about rules. Um, and as someone who wants to be authentic all the time, it's like, Is well, your sister a guardian? <sighs> <possibly>. <laughs> I mean, like, she sees me. Okay. Some guardians see me. <laughs> and they see someone who's, like, whimsical who uh, is irresponsible. Whimsical is actually too positive a word. You know, they see someone who's irresponsible, who only wants to have fun, who's too sensitive all the time, who um, is dramatic, is overly dramatic about things, um, who uh, just just someone who is not as reliable um, or, you know, like they're too out there, you know? And... Uh, <laughs> I, you know, like, I tend to see Guardians as too, like, um, rigid, rigid, kind of, like, blindly following the rules, um, not thoughtful at all, and not in the, like, oh, how thoughtful of you to bring me flowers today, but, like, they don't think deeper in terms of, like, well, why do I do this thing? Why do I believe this thing? Why did I say that thing? Um, why do these... <laughs> social constructs exist you know like they exist to kind of uh maintain the status quo that's kind of their deal is that they want the ship to sail smoothly but i'm like look at all these holes in the ship you know (laughs) caused by your inconsistency in thought you know like or your unsensitivity to these other people on the ship you know and they're like whatever the ship's still sailing and i'm like nah man <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, man. Nah, you gotta do something about that. <laughs> nah, man. And they're not into that. So, I mean, but like with each type, it's like with artisans, it's like. When I think of artisans, I think of artisan loafs. Yeah. No, huge problems with artisanal loaf bread. <laughs> uh, it's all holy. The crust is sometimes too crusty. <laughs> I agree. It is too crusty sometimes. I don't like bread that hurts the top of my mouth. Yeah, but then and that's why I I am pretty much against waffles and very trendy waffle sandwiches because it's like murder. It it like why don't just you toughen up the top, the top of and mouth? bottom of my mouth? What maybe maybe you should work on your top of your mouth. <laughs> maybe, maybe I that. should toughen it up a little yeah. bit. <laughs> maybe you should be like poking at it. Maybe it's the coke. <laughs> Bum, 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 and it comes full circle. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> what I meant to say about what we're we talking about, like a circular artisan loaf. Oh, artisans. <laughs> oh yeah, they're just they don't. Their podcast is full. Yeah, like references itself. to things that we didn't even mention in the other 
the other time or the other. Sorry, go ahead. What are you saying? But artisans, um, they're like lots of fun to be with until something bad happens. What are, something... are they like? Art... This is a stupid question, but like no. they're like artistic people, like no. art artists. Or... They they tend to be more artistic, but like people like Bill Clinton. Um, that's the one famous figure that I can think of that's an artisan. Um, like rock stars, like people who are like want to live in the moment, have fun. Um, they're great hosts. They're so much fun to be with. They're very dynamic. Um, in in the uh, in Harry Potter speak, they're actually Slytherin because they're very ambitious. So they're. Um... What's the word? Charismatic. They can be, yeah. I mean, any type can be charismatic, but they're specifically charismatic because, um, you know, they're they're mysterious and fun, and they are always trying to bring other people into that fun. Um, I'm trying to think of some other examples. Is it like hard to probe deeper into who they are? Like, get a real sense of the person? It's more yeah, like they tend to. Um, they tend to shy away from conflict at all times and if they get into conflict um they won't take it very seriously or they're the other party will feel like they're not taking it seriously but in general too they don't have like as strict a moral code as guardians so like like you can hold guardians to like honor and integrity and things like that but like for artisans it's like what feels right in the moment Mm -hmm. and sometimes they will use people and, you know, that in in the moment, you know, like if they need to get what they want and they have to use someone to do it, like, oh, well, you mm-hmm. know, they, they were able to achieve their ends. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that might not sit right with an idealist. It might be like, oh, well, that's wrong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like with that voice. Why do we have to? Why do you have to give us such a lame voice? Well, oh, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> I should just made it. Who like, is more an like, who? What like famous awesome person is an idealist? Uh, really? Uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> like all these like really like, um, yeah, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, uh. I forget who, who Okay, else. I mean, like, famous hot person. I'm talking about, like, oh, celebrities. Or maybe people? celebrities are, are just already discounted because they're, like, celebrities. What do you think? Mmm. Mmm. Well, we've discounted them because they're celebrities? We're like, well, screw celebrities. Would, there, would they be, like, something else? Okay, I'm going to look it up. going to look it up. To the interwebs. Um, while you're doing that, though, I mean, like, and then, you know, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, rationals. Rationals. I have conflict with rationals because they are so resolute. Like, Yeah, I can't stand. I mean, like, I don't even know specifically if the people I'm thinking of right now, you know, mm-hmm, obviously would mm-hmm. be. But I just have this feeling and I bristle when I think about those people. It's like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I'm surprised that you you know what I'm talking about, but don't have a specific example in mind. Like, I mean, I can think of specific feeling. people. Oh, okay, but you can't. I don't want to say. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. some of these people are my friends. But like, I can't spend too much time around them because like, it's like they have to feel like they need to explain everything to me, but in a even... way that doesn't even like apply to really like how I feel or anything. It's like a very rational explanation of my feelings and I'm like Yeah. I and mean, it's one thing if that's correct. But it's another thing if they're just like so sure about something they don't know anything about. That bugs yeah. me. I had um an INTJ friend and it's very ironic because Kirsty's like, oh yeah. Is it really INTJ? Is a rational yeah. person? I and it's so close to INFJ, which is what I am. Right, but that T makes a huge difference. Like the N T versus feeling. Yeah, NTs are all rationals and um like, you know, rationals are always accused of being unsympathetic, um, very uh, bossy, mm-hmm. um, especially ENTs. Like, ENTPs and ENT- ENTJs, um, I kind of get into more conflict with just because they actually will express when they think you're wrong. They're like, no, that is inconsistent and 
is illogical. And you're like, do my feelings have to have a logic? You know, like, right. you know, like, let me just feel this thing. Mm-hmm. And then you go about your business because <laughs> right. I will kill you instead if you do not back off. Um, but I would get into a lot of fights with my INTJ friend because we would just fight to fight. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was more like, well, he would notice something that didn't make sense that I had said. And, you know, most people would be like, oh, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. Let's just move on. You know, but he'd be like, actually, I think you're wrong. You know, and then we would talk about it. And then I would do that to him because mm-hmm. it just became a cycle of right. mm, I think that like a lot of times when I approach life, I want to see things from both sides. Mm-hmm. But when I hear a rational speak, I don't think that they consider it from all sides. Or if they do, I feel like they don't come up with the right solution. But their criteria for the right solution is completely different than mine, you know, Um and so yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's where, that's where, uh, the conflict comes in, but they, it's hard for them to budge. It really is like, yeah, artisans, I can't stand people like that. Yeah. It's just, you know, like all T's are mostly like that. And, you know, uh, F's usually need a way to like stop dwelling on something and, you know, like find something practical to hold on to and something concrete. Whereas T's need to let go and just let the emotion be and just figure out a way to kind of let their logic go for just a moment because it holds them prisoner, really, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways. Um, because Especially if, like, a situation is super glum, you know, like, if they can't see a solution, then there must not be one. Mm-hmm. And they can't see beyond that. Right. But it doesn't have to be that way, you know? It doesn't have to be that way. doesn't have to be that way. We're going to have Eric turn that into a song. Doesn't have to be that way. I feel like it's an 80s, like, epic ballad. Yeah. Like, get Meatloaf in here. <laughs> Record that song. Like that Lonely Island song. Meatloaf, we're going to have to have you. No, is it Michael Bolton? We're going to really have to have you focus in here. And then I was talking about. Oh, man. Is it a YouTube thing? It is a YouTube thing. Okay. I'll look, we'll look it up. Later. To okay. the YouTubes. To the YouTube. To the YouTubes. <laughs> I don't know. Just hail Hitler right there. It was really strange. Unfortunate. Okay, but let's talk about compatibility. I think that's something that you wanted to talk about, like yeah. initially. So because I, I always going feel on like and some, on and being angry. Something always makes me stupid way to start off this thought. Is it true, or do you think it's valid that like, like? Opposites attract. So if I'm an INFJ, then I am attracted to naturally E S T P ESTP. Are you an ESTP? Do you know any ESTPs? Are you? I am definitely not an ESTP. What is an ESTP? It's the promoter. Like a club promoter. Um, yeah. <laughs> in the clubs. In the clubs. I was trying to, I was going to do like a beatbox and then I realized I was just going to go straight to dubstep and I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my blood. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> but no, I'm not a Is club your blood promoter. type dub? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you were laughing so hard. You were laughing at my impression. You were like, I have a joke and no, I'm about to tell it. I was laughing at your joke. No. I was doing the math in my head. I was trying to like, how do people say blood types? Like, No, you're like, blood type dumb. Dumb blood positive. Type. AB dumb. Oh my gosh. We just created like five DJ names like right now. Like Dunzo. Dunzo. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, in your experience, like, how do you feel about that? And then I'll kind of reflect on, like, in a personality kind of way. Well, first of all, what is it? What's a promoter? Oh, a promoter is ESTP. So they're very charismatic. Um, You probably would... The person who comes to mind when I think of ESTP is a fictional character, but Frank in House of Cards. The main guy? Yeah. To me, he's a promoter. Yeah. I mean, they're charismatic... They know how to move around people. But that's, like, that's them at their kind of, like, least moral. 
Um, they could be ESTPs, you know, and promoters for a good cause. Um, but they understand how people work. Like they get people's ticks, they read people's tells, and it makes them great gamblers. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 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 as when you have them, I think in that that sounds leader, to me dangerous. Uh, it's a little, it's a little scary. I mean, uh, you know, like obviously, like our moral code. You know, like if you have to manipulate someone into doing something for you, then that seems okay. So I just pulled up an image, uh-huh. and <laughs> Jesus. this is too nerdy for me. But I don't know. Maybe you'll get it. ESTP in the Star Wars verse. Guess is uh oh uh the emperor no I'll give you three guesses oh jeez uh is it Lando Calhoun or damn <laughs> I'm not that nerdy I guess but that Lando Calrissian yeah who's Calhoun I don't know John C Calhoun <laughs> Calhoun his... is the isn't that the last name of um. My, uh, got Ryan Gosling's character on uh, the Notebook. <laughs> That's a very wow. <laughs> I have not seen that movie ever. Okay, so your third guess. Oh man, really? Uh, he's a biggin. Is it Job of the Hut? <laughs> Han Solo. I guess. What is your type again? ENFP. E N F P. Probably Luke. I'm gonna ruin my I don't have any nerd cred, but I don't know how to pronounce his name. Quigon Jin? Oh. Quigon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um Obi-Wan Kenobi's mentor. You're Liam Nissan. Liam Nissan. You're Liam Nissan. Oh, Yes! Winner! I am Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm surprised you're not Yoda. Yoda is INTP, the architect. Oh. Okay, okay, I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly I'm an expert because I agree with this thing. Okay, everybody, hopefully you just heard an amazing acapella rendition of some pop song sung by our friend Eric. Yes, guess which one it is. <laughs> and hopefully there is actually something there. And it's not because... dubstep. <laughs> because we might just be talking about something that does not exist. Um, we are wrapping up this very special, very first episode. Wait, we're not doing compatibility? We're done. Oh well, do you want it? I think that I think we did it. You know, I mean. Oh, I think, you your your question was do opposites attract? Yeah, just answer it in a minute. Okay. I'm answering this as if we were talking about it before the break. Um. So, the deal with opposites attracting. Um. I think that it's helpful a lot of times. What I'll see is friendships being. That opposites attract because you don't have to live with them and that you don't have to, um, you're not married to them or you're not in like a specific kind of relationship where, you know, everything depends on you guys, you know, like being compatible. Um, like I've seen a lot of best friends be, um, complete opposites and, you know, there are some relationships out there, but the attraction is there but then when you guys can't communicate then that's the problem and i think that what works the best and you know this is kiersey's premise is that the second letter is the most helpful because that's how you communicate that n or s so do you get a law do you communicate more concretely or more abstractly you know what's Um, n or s n is uh intuitive and s is sensory so the way you think about it is s has to do with your five senses and then N is like kind of, you know, interior life. And like your gut. And like it's it's it depends on like it's that for idealists, it's that feeling of when you've detached from the situation and you're reflecting 
on how you're doing. They're very intangible things. So if someone else tends to reflect like I do, then that would be like a positive thing. It would be a positive thing because you you'll speak in terms that they'll understand. Like it becomes a specific kind of language that you then have with that person that you have in common. And so common language is important to relationships but obviously if you guys don't speak the same language you can still make it work but then there's a lot of compromises and um just having more groundwork the same is helpful like i've known a lot of people who just marry the same exact person as they are but when you marry the same exact person obviously like when conflict arises it's like you guys get into a row you mm-hmm. know because they're you know yeah I you know it's hard for harder for me to talk about those, but in general, like um, opposites attract, but but you need some commonalities. Yeah, some commonalities and and the ability to compromise. I think like you, uh, the person who's probably the most opposite to you is actually um, my nemesis. Uh, is Nini as an ESTJ. Um, and she's not your nemesis, and you guys have figured out. FYI, Nini is a good friend of ours that also dates back to high school. Right, our friendship dates back to high school. But then, if your friendship doesn't evolve, if you guys can't get past, you know, those fundamental differences. What is that? What is her type called? Uh, the girl is She's the supervisor guardian. Okay. So like, except for the J, you guys are almost exact opposites, and you know, I think that because they're both judgmental. <laughs> Well, you guys are both judging in terms of, like, you guys prefer schedules and deadlines, not dead ends, deadlines, (laughs) and things like that, you know, so, you know, it makes... That's cool. I think that she and I have a really good, like, balance. Yeah. I mean, just, like, she and I and and you and I, like, you know. Yeah, all of us us has grown to understand and love the differences. And, you know, if you don't have that, then yes, you know, in any relationship, you know, it's doomed to fail. Okay. But when you do have that, you're good to go. Cool. So. Awesome. Well, that's something that we can take to the bank, whatever that means. What, yeah, whatever that means. Okay. Which um, bank? Well, about five. <laughs> Credit unions? <laughs> I need to know this. I'm going straight there, and I'm investing in those Things and words and ideas we just discussed. <laughs> All right. So a week ago, um, Vanessa and I sent a shout out or a call out rather on our Facebook page <laughs> through the laundromat asking for questions. Now, you know, ideally they would be related to the topics of or the scope of this podcast, which is sort of a lighthearted take on mental health and getting to know ourselves better. Um, but sometimes they're not related at all. And we received, we received one question and I have to say that this person is the rock star because he, he, yes, the only person, Mr. Benjamin J. Haste, Haste, who, uh, stepped up. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, before we actually address the question, why don't you tell me three awesome things about Benjamin Haste? Um, he's an extremely talented artist. Um, he is also a wacky, talented singer. Um, and he also has a good sense of fashion. We are constantly complimenting him on his shirt. And he goes, it was just Target. And we're like, amazed. He's amazing. <laughs> okay. What? So Benjamin Haste. You have to answer this question because... Okay, well then, why don't you read me the question? The question is, can you please talk about some earthquake preparedness? I think that's... that's for non-native California. Non-native, okay, excuse me, sorry. Yes. I'm going to say, this is how you prepare yourself for an earthquake, being a non-native Californian. I feel like people who don't live in California equate earthquakes to, like, tornadoes in the Midwest or um, hurricanes, you know. They're the, not? And, well... In the sense that tornadoes and hurricanes in those other parts of the countries tend to happen with frequency. Um, That's true. Kind of reliably, like at a certain time of the year. Whereas like earthquakes, they really don't happen very often. And I feel like my tone of voice is is communicating that I'm some kind of California earthquake expert, which I'm not. So I would say 
<laughs> If you're a non Californian and you want to be prepared for an earthquake, uh, don't prepare. <laughs> Because、What? they rarely happen. Okay, so everybody <laughs> do not listen to what April just said. Oh my gosh, April just got you killed. Twice. Sorry. April's amusement also just caused some feedback <laughs> and、uh, some interruption to the recording. However,、uh, okay. Can't believe you just got our listeners killed. Google it, earthquake preparedness. There you go. You could either take the Google results, apply that to your life, or just trust me. At least have a first aid kit, people. Just, just have, have it around. Yeah, we'll get one. Okay. All right, I think that's it for now. Under your desks and chairs. <laughs> Stop, Remember, drop, and roll. No, no, that's fire. <laughs> Just protect your vital parts. You know, crouch your hands over your neck. Yes, neck and head. And, uh. Stop it. Stop it. I know. I'm just messing with you. Because now. <laughs> now I'm stopping.